chapter three part two of smoke baloo by jack london this librivox recording is in the public domain louis gastel leading slipped in the darkness on the rough ice and sat up holding his ankle in both his hands he struggled to his feet and went on but at a slower pace and with a perceptible limp after a few minutes he abruptly halted it's no use he said to his daughter i've sprained a tendon you go ahead and stake for me as well as yourself can't we do something smoke asked solicitously louis gastel shook his head she can stake two claims as well as one i'll crawl over to the bank start a fire and bandage my ankle i'll be all right go on joy stake ours above the discovery claim it's richer higher up here's some birch bark smoke said dividing his supply equally we'll take care of your daughter louis gastel laughed harshly thank you just the same he said but she can take care of herself follow her and watch her do you mind if i lead she asked smoke as she headed on i know this country better than you lead on smoke answered gallantly though i agree with you it's a darned shame all us chechacos are going to beat that sea-lion bunch to it isn't there some way to shake them she shook her head we can't hide our trail and they'll follow it like sheep after a quarter of a mile she turned sharply to the west smoke noticed that they were going through unpacked snow but neither he nor shorty observed that the dim trail they had been on still led south had they witnessed the subsequent procedure of louis gastel the history of the klondike would have been written differently for they would have seen that old-timer no longer limping running with his nose to the trail like a hound following them also they would have seen him trample and widen the turn to the fresh trail they had made to the west and finally they would have seen him keep on the old dim trail that still led south a trail did run up the creek but so slight was it that they continually lost it in the darkness after a quarter of an hour joy gastel was willing to drop into the rear and let the two men take turns in breaking away through the snow this slowness of the leaders enabled the whole stampede to catch up and when daylight came at nine o'clock as far back as they could see was an unbroken line of men joy's dark eyes sparkled at the sight how long since we started up the creek she asked fully two hours smoke answered and two hours back make four she laughed the stampede from sea-lion is saved a faint suspicion crossed smoke's mind and he stopped and confronted her i don't understand he said you don't then i'll tell you this is norway creek squaw creek is the next to the south smoke was for the moment speechless you did it on purpose shorty demanded i did it to give the old-timers a chance she laughed mockingly the men grinned at each other and finally joined her i'd lay you across my knee and give you a wallopin if women-folk wasn't so scarce in this country shorty assured her your father didn't sprain a tendon but waited till we were out of sight and then went on smoke asked she nodded and you were the decoy again she nodded and this time smoke's laughter rang out clear and true it was the spontaneous laughter of a frankly beaten man why don't you get angry with me she queried ruefully or or wallop me well we might as well be starting back 
shorty urged my feet's getting cold standing here smoke shook his head that would mean four hours lost we must be eight miles up this creek now and from the look ahead norway is making a long swing south we'll follow it then cross over the divide somehow and tap squaw creek somewhere above discovery he looked at joy won't you come along with us i told your father we'd look after you i she hesitated i think i shall if you don't mind she was looking straight at him and her face was no longer defiant and mocking really mr smoke you make me almost sorry for what i have done but somebody had to save the old-timers it strikes me that stampeding is at best a sporting proposition and it strikes me you two are very game about it she went on then added with the shadow of a sigh what a pity you are not old-timers for two hours more they kept to the frozen creek bed of norway then turned into a narrow and rugged tributary that flowed from the south at midday they began the ascent of the divide itself behind them looking down and back they could see the long line of stampeders breaking up here and there in scores of places thin smoke columns advertised the making of camps as for themselves the going was hard they wallowed through snow to their waists and were compelled to stop every few yards to breathe shorty was the first to call a halt we've been hittin the trail for over twelve hours he said smoke i'm plumb willin to say i'm good and tired and so are you and i'm free to shout that i can sure hang on to this here pasir like a starvin indian to a hunk of bear meat but this poor girl here can't keep her legs no time if she don't get something in her stomach here's where we build a fire what do you say so quickly so deftly and methodically did they go about making a temporary camp that joy watching with jealous eyes admitted to herself that the old-timers could not do it better spruce boughs with a spread blanket on top gave a foundation for rest and cooking operations but they kept away from the heat of the fire until noses and cheeks had been rubbed cruelly smoke spat in the air and the resultant crackle was so immediate and loud that he shook his head i give it up he said i've never seen cold like this one winter in the cayucuc it went to eighty-six below joy answered it's at least seventy or seventy-five right now and i know i've frosted my cheeks they're burning like fire on the steep slope of the divide there was no ice so snow as fine and hard and crystalline as granulated sugar was poured into the gold pan by the bushel until enough water was melted for the coffee smoke fried bacon and thawed biscuits shorty kept the fuel supplied and tended the fire and joy set the simple table composed of two plates two cups two spoons a tin of mixed salt and pepper and a tin of sugar when he came to eating she and smoke shared one set between them they ate out of the same plate and drank from the same cup it was nearly two in the afternoon when they cleared the crest of the divide and began dropping down a feeder of squaw creek earlier in the winter some moose hunter had made a trail up the canyon that is in going up and down he had stepped always in his previous tracks as a result in the midst of soft snow and veiled under later snowfalls was a line of irregular hummocks if one's foot missed a hummock he plunged down through unpacked snow and usually to a fall also the moose hunter had been an exceptionally long-legged individual joy who was eager now that the two men should stake and fearing that they were slackening their pace on account of her evident weariness insisted on taking her turn in the lead the speed and manner in which she negotiated the precarious footing called out shorty's unqualified approval 
look at her he cried she's the real goods in the red meat look at them moccasins swing along no high heels there she uses her legs god gave her she's the right squaw for any bear hunter she flashed back a smile of acknowledgment that included smoke he caught a feeling of chumminess though at the same time he was bitingly aware that it was very much of a woman who embraced him in that comradely smile looking back as they came to the bank of squaw creek they could see the stampede strung out irregularly struggling along the descent of the divide they slipped down the bank to the creek bed the stream frozen solidly to bottom was from twenty to thirty feet wide and ran between six and eight foot earth banks of alluvial wash no recent feet had disturbed the snow that lay upon its ice and they knew they were above the discovery claim and the last stakes of the sea lion stampeders look out for springs joy warned as smoke led the way down the creek at seventy below you'll lose your feet if you break through these springs common to most klondike streams never cease at the lowest temperatures the water flows out from the banks and lies in pools which are cuddled from the cold by later surface freezings and snowfalls thus a man stepping on dry snow might break through half an inch of ice skin and find himself up to the knees in water in five minutes unless able to remove the wet gear the loss of one's foot was the penalty though only three in the afternoon the long gray twilight of the arctic had settled down they watched for a blazed tree on either bank which would show the centre stake of the last claim located joy impulsively eager was the first to find it she darted ahead of smoke crying somebody's been here see the snow look for the blaze there it is see that spruce she sank suddenly to her waist in the snow now i've done it she said woefully then she cried don't come near me i'll wait out step by step each time breaking through the thin skin of ice concealed under the dry snow she forced her way to solid footing smoke did not wait but sprang to the bank where dry and seasoned twigs and sticks lodged amongst the brush by spring freshets waited the match by the time she reached his side the first flames and flickers of an assured fire were rising sit down he commanded she obediently sat down in the snow he slipped his pack from his back and spread a blanket for her feet from above came the voices of the stampeders who followed them let shorty stake she urged go on shorty smoke said as he attacked her moccasins already stiff with ice pace off a thousand feet and place the two centre stakes we can fix the corner stakes afterwards with his knife smoke cut away the lacings and leather of the moccasins so stiff were they with ice that they snapped and crackled under the hacking and sawing the siwash socks and heavy woollen stockings were sheaths of ice it was as if her feet and calves were encased in corrugated iron how are your feet he asked as he worked pretty numb i can't move nor feel my toes but it will be all right the fire is burning beautifully watch out you don't freeze your own hands they must be numb now from the way you're fumbling he slipped his mittens on and for nearly a minute smashed the open hands savagely against his sides when he felt the blood prickles he pulled off the mittens and ripped and tore and sawed and hacked at the frozen garments the white skin of one foot appeared then that of the other to be exposed to the bite of seventy below zero which is the equivalent of one hundred and two below freezing then came the rubbing with snow carried on with an intensity of cruel fierceness till she squirmed and shrank and moved her toes and joyously complained of the hurt he half dragged her and she half lifted herself nearer to the fire he placed her feet on the blanket close to the flesh saving flames you'll have to take care of them for a while he said she could now safely remove her mittens and manipulate her own feet with the wisdom of the initiated 
being watchful that the heat of the fire was absorbed slowly while she did this he attacked his hands the snow did not melt nor moisten its light crystals were like so much sand slowly the stings and pangs of circulation came back into the chilled flesh then he tended the fire unstrapped the light pack from her back and got out a complete change of footgear shorty returned along the creek bed and climbed the bank to them i sure staked a full thousand feet he proclaimed number twenty-seven and number twenty-eight though i'd only got the upper stake of twenty-seven when i met the first geezer of the bunch behind he just straight declared i wasn't going to stake twenty-eight and i told him yes yes joy cried what did you tell him well i told him straight that if he didn't back up plumb five hundred feet i'd sure punch his frozen nose into ice cream and chocolate eclairs he backed up and i've got in the center stakes of two full and honest five hundred foot creek claims he staked next and i guess by now the bunch has squaw creek located to headwaters and down the other side ourn is safe it's too dark to see now but we can put out the corner stakes in the morning when they awoke they found a change had taken place during the night so warm was it that shorty and smoke still in their mutual blankets estimated the temperature of no more than twenty below the cold snap had broken on top of their blankets lay six inches of frost crystals good morning how are your feet was smoke's greeting across the ashes of the fire to where joy gastel carefully shaking aside the snow was sitting up in her sleeping furs shorty built a fire and quarried ice from the creek while smoke cooked breakfast daylight came on as they finished the meal you go and fix them corner steak smoke shorty said there's gravel under where i chopped ice for the coffee and i'm going to melt water and wash a pan of that same gravel for luck smoke departed axe in hand to blaze the stake starting from the downstream center stake of twenty-seven he headed at right angles across the narrow valley towards its rim he proceeded methodically almost automatically for his mind was alive with recollections of the night before he felt somehow that he had won to empery over the delicate lines and firm muscles of those feet and ankles he had rubbed with snow and this empery seemed to extend to the rest and all this woman of his kind in dim and fiery ways a feeling of possession mastered him it seemed that all that was necessary was for him to walk up to this joy gastel take her hand in his and say come it was in this mood that he discovered something that made him forget empery over the white feet of woman at the valley rim he blazed no corner stake he did not reach the valley rim but instead he found himself confronted by another stream he lined up with his eye a blasted willow tree and a big unrecognizable spruce he returned to the stream where were the center stakes he followed the bed of the creek around a wide horseshoe bend through the flat and found that the two creeks were the same creek next he floundered twice through the snow from valley rim to valley rim running the first line from the lower stake of twenty-seven the second from the upper stake of twenty-eight and he found that the upper stake of the latter was lower than the lower stake of the former in the grey twilight and half-darkness shorty had located their two claims on the horseshoe smoke plodded back to the little camp shorty at the end of washing a pan of gravel exploded at sight of him we got it shorty cried holding out the pan look at it a nasty mess of gold two hundred right there if it's a cent she runs rich from the top of the wash gravel i've churned around placers some but i never got butter like what's in this pan smoke cast an incurious glance at the coarse gold poured himself a cup of coffee at the fire and sat down 
joy sensed something wrong and looked at him with eagerly solicitous eyes shorty however was disgruntled by his partner's lack of delight in the discovery why don't you kick in and get excited he demanded we got our pile right here unless you're sticking up your nose at two hundred dollar pans smoke took a swallow of coffee before replying shorty why are our two claims here like the panama canal what's the answer well the eastern entrance of the panama canal is west of the western entrance that's all go on shorty said i ain't seen the joke yet in short shorty you staked our two claims on a big horseshoe bend shorty set the gold pan down in the snow and stood up go on he repeated the upper stake of twenty-eight is ten feet below the lower stake of twenty-seven you mean we ain't got nothing smoke worse than that we've got ten feet less than nothing shorty departed down the bank on the run five minutes later he returned in response to joy's look he nodded without speech he went over to a log and sat down to gaze steadily at the snow in front of his moccasins we might as well break camp and start back for dawson smoke said beginning to fold the blankets i'm sorry smoke joy said it's all my fault it's all right he answered all in the day's work you know but it's my fault holy mind she persisted dad's stake for me down near discovery i know i'll give you my claim he shook his head shorty she repeated shorty shook his head and began to laugh it was a colossal laugh chuckles and muffled explosions yielded to hearty roars it ain't hysterics he explained i sure get powerful amused at times and this is one of them his gaze chanced to fall on the gold pan he walked over and gravely kicked it scattering the gold over the landscape it ain't iron he said it belongs to the geezer i backed up five hundred feet last night and what gets me is four hundred and ninety of them feet was to be good his good come on smoke let's start the hike to dawson though if you're hankering to kill me i won't lift a finger to prevent End of chapter three part two